Hey guys. What's up, fam? Welcome back to R&B Podcast. So we are back. Um, hopefully you guys see this new quality that we got going on right now. Um, we broke out the new mic that Brittany got. Yeah, so my boyfriend gave us a short, I think it's called short, is that how you pronounce it? Mike, um, he actually got it for me for Christmas, but we're just breaking it out now because... You know, we're just procrastinators, but it's supposed to be a really good mic, so I hope you guys enjoy the new sound quality that we have. But before we get started, we'd like to remind you guys to go on to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and a review and let your friends know about us, help us spread the word, get our name out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we want you guys to know that all the reviews and things that you guys have done have not gone unnoticed. Um, on our Instagram, we've been like posting and showing out love, so just so you know, we see you. We see you. For sure. So, Robert, how has your week been? So, the week's been good so far, but today is a monumental day because it is May 12th, <laughs> and for all the gamers, Apex Season 5 comes out today. Tried it. And Thicky Thicky Loba also comes out today. If you, if, you, if you play the game, you know what I'm talking about. So, it should be hype. You know, boys, we're going to be landing out there in these streets, shooting them up, pow, pow. But like I said, that's for all the gamers. Other, other, other than that, it's been pretty chill. Yeah, for me too. Um, something that I wanted to bring up because <laughs> I just think it's so interesting and funny is um, Elon Musk and Grimes had their baby together finally. And the name of the baby is so weird. And I know the entire internet is talking about it right now, but the baby's name is X Ash Archangel 12. And it looks so weird. It's literally the letter X with like A and E connected. I don't know. I know that's supposed to be called something, but I'm not sure what the proper name is. And then A-12. And I'm like, when I first saw the baby name, I thought it was so strange. But then I thought about it and I'm like, it's freaking Elon Musk and Grimes, like two of the weirdest people on the planet. I wouldn't expect anything less from them, to be honest. Yeah, I know it's supposed to be like named after like an aircraft or something like that. But the either, A-12 part, yeah. Yeah, either, either way, I'm like, I wasn't, it wasn't something that I saw and was like, oh my God, I mean, it's definitely a weird name. But I'm like, once I saw that breakdown, I'm like, oh, they're going to call this motherfucker Ash. <laughs> but on paper, he is like literally one of the most unique names I've ever seen. But yeah, Ash is a really cute name for them. And the little baby is so adorable. So congratulations to them. Yes, for sure. And and other news, you know, we're still doing we're dealing with the whole quarantine bullshit. I know that we had just opened back up. And Brittany, you had your first day. So tell us about that. Oh, yeah. So my first day back, um, I, as I said last week, I work in a restaurant and when I got to the door, they took our temperature and if you guys had, if anyone had a fever, they had to go home. But of course I was fine and there's like a hand sanitizing little station set up in the front so that you can sanitize your hands and they emphasize on obviously washing your hands more than regularly and then now on the computer screens we have to like wipe those down um basically after every use and we wipe down our check presenters after every use and we change the tablecloth after every use normally but now we wipe down the table underneath the tablecloth and the booth and the chairs in between patrons and so everything is pretty sanitized and there's no more like salt and pepper shakers if they want salt and pepper we literally have to go in the back get a ramekin and fill it with salt and pepper and bring it back out like and Tabasco too, like doing the absolute most. But, you know, as long as everyone is staying safe, then, you know, the extra steps are worth it. But it was funny to me because after I worked, everyone was asking me, so like, how were the guests? How were the people? I'm like, ignorant as fuck. <laughs> like, 
some of them were you know didn't make a comment about the mask or anything like that they were just like wow this is our first day out in you know a month and a half and it feels great but then i had this one table of these two girls and they're probably like middle-aged moms and they were like oh my god it's so weird that everyone's wearing masks i wish you guys would just take them off it makes me feel so weird and i was like well you know i really would be like upset if i was a person who got someone sick and they're like oh my god it's fine like you either have it or you don't have it and i was like yeah unless you're asymptomatic and she's like oh my god stop it and i'm like bro this is the fucking problem like you people don't want to pay attention to what the truth is because they just want to go out and like do their thing and have cocktails and have dinner and it's like i understand wanting to do that but at the same time people are dying like of course like i have gone out i'm not gonna lie i've gone out and stuff but i'm still staying away from people i'm still sanitizing my hands keeping my distance all that like and I went to a restaurant and the server wasn't wearing a mask and it made me feel weird. So last week I said like it's kind of weird being a patron and like seeing a, a person in a mask. But no, it's actually more weird to have them speaking to you. And I'm just thinking about like all their breath particles like floating over to me. And I'm like, girl, if you don't put your mask on. I guess that the main question that everybody wants to know is what was that money like, you know, because every, obviously everybody's like unemployed, broke as shit, trying to stay in the house. So the people who are going out, was it like good like tips wise you know because obviously we're servers so i mean yeah it was it was pretty good it was i would say like average it's just harder because we're you know serving every other table so there's obviously less tables to go around and then um we have a limited menu right now so people are ordering a little bit less but i would say like the tips are definitely like 20 percent plus yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense i know that um previously and also on our last episode we talked about the whole abed um Murbury case where the the guy was shot in georgia for running and right after we finished the episode the two men were apprehended so i wanted to go ahead and bring that up i'm really happy that that happened it just sucks that we had to have public attention for this to happen because it makes me think about like what happens when the cameras aren't around what happens when there isn't public outrage you know these these are two men that would have went under the radar and this would have been swept under and this would have been another person killed that we wouldn't have known about but it's like what about all those people that this happens to that we don't hear about that there is no public outrage you know we need to do a lot better with making sure that when something happens we believe the person that it happened to and we take the proper action yeah no absolutely and i was um also just listening to different podcasts and i heard that this case is actually not as like recent as we thought like i heard that it happened in february and it's only now getting attention because the video is circulating so when i first saw it i thought that this just happened but this is something that was kept on the low for a few months until the video went viral so yeah like robert said it definitely would have gotten swept under the rug if you know everyone hadn't been posting about it and bringing awareness to it so it's like holy shit it just further emphasized like the lack of injustice or the not the lack of injustice the lack of justice in the country yeah and that actually makes a lot more sense to me i mean like i said i didn't know that it happened a while ago but that it, it makes so much more sense that because this video came out and it got across enough people's eyes to the point where people were like okay well what happened with this because that's really what it is is that the video came out it showed what happened and you don't know what the result was so that's why so many people are like what happened you know who are these people why like how why did this happen like all those questions started getting asked because of the video but it's like it happened and without 
that video, it would have never reached as many people as it did. Yeah, and I'm very happy that those men were apprehended because you obviously can't get away with freaking shooting a man while he's jogging for no goddamn reason and just go on about your life like it is no big deal. <laughs> yeah, we need to like make sure that actions like that have serious consequences so that it prevents other people from doing it and it shows people that like we in 2020 are not standing for that bullshit and that if that's something that you feel like you want to do then there will be serious consequences and it's like it took too long to happen but I'm just happy that it happened. Before moving on to our next segment, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. So this week's topic, we're going to try to go ahead and tackle the idea of freedom of speech. On our podcast, I feel like we do a great job of like taking past ideas and bringing them into the present and the context of today. So in our today, freedom of speech benefits us in a lot of ways, and I also feel like it hurts us. So a major way where I feel like freedom of speech has damaged our society would have to be the hate speech. So what is freedom of speech? Freedom of speech is the right to express any opinions without censorship or restraint. So that in that definition, it pretty much says that you can say whatever you want and you will not have any consequences for it. Okay, let's go ahead and break that down. You will not have any consequences from the government. So freedom of speech is to mostly protect you from the government. We, they don't want you to be feeling like you're in a dictatorship where you can't speak out to the powers that be but my issue is is that once we allow people to say whatever they want then all of a sudden hate speech is also protected by freedom of speech so what is it what does that mean that means that if the kkk decides that they want to have a meeting and they're pretty much speaking about they don't like black people they don't like this type of people they're sp they're spewing hate that is protected also under freedom of speech the only at the only point where that becomes dangerous and is no longer protected by freedom of speech as if they point somebody out in that crowd that they're preaching to and they're like, attack them and violence ensues. But my, my issue is, is that I feel like there's a connection missing. So yes, in that moment, they pointed out somebody and they're being attacked violently. But I feel like this hate speech that's being spewed might not, might not cause attacks immediately, but in the long run, they also cause those types of attacks. Yeah, exactly. And, the, you know, it's difficult because I feel like it runs such a fine line between, you know, just saying something because that's what you think and then having it being carried out to action because a lot of action would not happen if those ideas aren't projected out there. And it's really difficult because the reason why it's so hard to censor things that people say and to create maybe new laws or amendments around speech is because everyone believes something different. And so we're in the land of the free, right? So you may think one thing, but I think another thing, and the next person is gonna think something else, and we're all entitled to think and feel what we want. But to that, it, that's what Robert is trying to point out, is that, okay, the KKK comes together and then, it gives all these terrible ideas to people and then maybe nothing right then and there happens, but that is why people get shot while they're jogging and why people trying to pull out their ID to show the cops get shot or why people are getting lynched so, you know? So we just want to try to see how we could introduce to society more restrictions on freedom of speech or some way of getting around hate speech without limiting the freedoms that this country has given us. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's just, 
just like you, you guys can hear in our voice, it's difficult to talk about because it's, the issue is, is censorship. So if you're going to censor one side, you have to censor the other one too. But it's like the other side, in my opinion, aren't the ones in danger. These words that people are saying and that people are spewing are actually causing a dangerous effect to a certain community. So it's like when you're growing up, what is the what is the definition of like freedom of speech? In my in my opinion, it's like talk shit, get hit. You if you got some something to say that's going to put me in danger and I feel endangered by you, at that point I'm going to retaliate. So it's like, how do you support hate speech and support one group being signaled out and alienated and being fucking pretty much shit on without them re like retaliating? It doesn't make any sense to me, you know. Like and I and I get that the whole. You know, you might feel this way, but somebody else might feel another way. Yes, but at the same time, it's like these feelings are life and death for the, the group that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So what do you think from like another perspective? Do you feel like there is any hate speech towards white people? So I feel like <laughs> I listen to the read. <laughs> if you guys don't don't listen to the read, please go do it. They're two of two of the best podcasters I've ever known and they say that white people want to be oppressed so bad that it's not funny you know like they want to feel like their rights are being taken away and that's why that whole Karen thing happened oh my god I can't believe they're calling me Karen this is oppression on white people I'm not a Karen just because I like wear my hair so you want to be like shackled and have a reason to fight back so so much because you guys are the ones who have dolled out so much of this this hate and this violence. So it's like whenever people stand up and they start speaking against them, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, they're attacking us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like you guys have been in power for so long that we're not attacking you. We're saying that we're done with the bullshit that you guys have done. We're done with the way that you guys have treated us and we're done and it needs to stop. But it's just like, as easy as we're saying that, there can be a conservative school that's like, okay, well, we don't want any black speakers to speak. We feel like that doesn't support our views. So then it's like, who gets to choose who's speaking or not? Yeah, and you know, this doesn't just go for black people. This goes for all minorities in general. Like, obviously, with 9-11, um, you know, a lot of Islamic people have been targeted in you know a lot of hate speech and a lot of prejudice in this country and it's just one of those things where it's like if people are always able to say what they think even if it's misinformation even if it's just a horrible opinion that's going to dictate the way that you know we as a, a country look at certain groups of people and so it's like you know, Islamic people have a hard time getting on planes, especially with like their hijabs. They're not going to take that off just because they're getting on a plane. But then, you know, they get singled out and then they get searched, even though it's like supposed to be a random search. Of course, you know that. I mean, it's only so random. You know, they probably pick out like whatever they think are the sketchiest looking people. And it's, it's just difficult because I wish that I wish that we could just have a society so where we can understand that just because someone does something bad doesn't mean that the entire group of people are bad, you know, and I think that's where white people are coming from when, you know, they get upset and try to like defend themselves with like the whole Karen thing is because, yes, we 
you know, as a country have done a lot of bad things to black people. Obviously, when the Constitution was created, we still had slavery. So there's that little, you know, elephant in the room. Um, and, you know, a lot of white people that don't believe in, you know, slavery and things that happen like that and aren't racist, you know, feel like they're being grouped together with other white people who have like horrible beliefs. And it's like if we could just be good people as a whole and just not say terrible things about the way someone dresses or the religion that they follow or the color of their skin then that's the way that we would move forward into you know having our freedom of speech and not abusing that because that's what i feel like is happening i don't feel like i don't feel like we should be restricted on what we can say because this is supposed to be a free country and freedom of speech is a great liberty that we have but we need to just all just realize that kindness goes a long way and if you would just stop talking about people in terms of like what they have going on with like their personal life or personal beliefs and the way that they look then this would all be okay but we can't have nice things right (laughs) we cannot have nice things and that's why freedom of speech equates to hate speech which equates to violence yeah and then i I just also feel like freedom of speech back in the day was like i said used to protect your right to criticize and to go against the government but it's like okay cool i totally agree with that totally agree with that right but it's like there's nothing protecting us from each other you know there's no there's no barrier there's nothing stopping us from spewing hate and from spewing prejudice onto onto each other and it's like at this point what can we do to try to improve this and Brittany's right it has to come from just wanting to be kind, just wanting to be better people. But I feel like America in general showed has shown us colors as not being the kindest. Like the fact that we even have to sit down and have this conversation about freedom of speech and all that stuff and hate speech is, is mind-blowing because it's like you could just not. You could just not spew prejudice. You could just not spew hate. You could just not. At the same point, we were built off of that hate. So now we're trying to extract something that's been going on for years, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, of course, freedom of speech, I feel like it's a great thing. You know, it's not the problem, though. The problem is much deeper than just freedom of speech because, you know, given any circumstance, people are going to find a way to say what they want and to convey the message that they want. So this goes into just a deeper rooted hate hatred for people who aren't like you you know people are terrified of being around culture that they don't understand around being around people that they don't understand and people who look different from them and that's why they are so hateful because there's nothing that minorities have done to white people to make them hate minorities nothing at all you know it's just that we are so different And they can't accept it. And, you know, when you can't accept something, you want it to go away. And so the way that they have, in my opinion, the way that they have dealt with diversity within the country has been to try to oppress it and keep it confined because they don't want it spreading everywhere. They would like their neighborhoods to all look the same. They would like the people around them to look the same, to all believe the same thing, to all follow the same religion. And so it's out of fear that people, you know, spread hate speech because they don't know how to just handle diversity. 
I think it's that, and I also think it's just the imagery that's been portrayed in our society. So the imagery in terms of like thugs and movies and people shooting and oh, every single time you hear about black people is they're getting arrested. There's you know gang violence in Chicago and they're they're killing each other and blah blah blah. So whenever you see somebody who isn't looking like you and isn't doesn't fit in your quote unquote society. You see them and all those thoughts go in your mind that you see that you saw on, on television. This person's violent. He wants to steal from me. He's trying to rape me. He's trying to like, you know, it's it's crazy because I don't even want this to be like a black and white issue. But the issue is, is that in the context of today, we have to talk about it because if we don't, then we're doing an, an injustice to, every, to everybody listening. But as I was saying before, today, it's like the whole white people like as i'm walking roxy down the street in my neighborhood live in a predominantly white neighborhood people cross the street like you know it's like i've seen people walk past other caucasian people and not cross the street so what about me that you saw was like i feel so uncomfortable that i'm going to cross the street meanwhile i live right next door to you yeah that's what i'm saying that it's a it's a deeper rooted issue than just freedom of speech it is from fear you know, they see you and because of the narrative that has been portrayed through society, you're probably a super angry person who is going to get pissed off if I do this or that. So I just want to avoid you completely. And who knows if I cross your path, maybe you're going to try to fight me or you're going to try to steal from me. And that's what I'm saying is that I don't think freedom of speech is actually even the issue. It's just the fear that people have from, you know, not knowing and not being open minded enough to you know, get to know those people that you're afraid of to make a more accurate judgment on who they are as people, you know, as a group or whatever you want to see or as just being your neighbor. Yeah, I just think that that takes like stepping out of yourself, which is what we talked to we, what we've talked about on this podcast before is really hard because you're raised a certain way. You're raised around a certain people. So to take yourself out of the position that you're in now and put yourself in an uncomfortable position, it's like, why would I do that? You know, like, why, why would I go see the other side, which is how I'm so appreciative that my parents raised me to do that. So my knack for wanting to travel, wanting to see the world, it's to see great things and to like have an adventure. But at the, at the same time, it's also to see a culture that's different than mine. It's to put myself in those uncomfortable positions where I am relying on a society that's different than mine. That allows you to not only soak in experience, but it also allows you to appreciate. And once you have that appreciation for somebody else's culture, it's a lot easier to be kind to that person. It's a lot easier to understand where they're coming from because you've lived there, you've walked in their shoes, you've seen the other side. So I guess with this podcast, I want you guys to break out of that shell. If you haven't left the country, do it. If you haven't, you know, and even if you don't have a passport, do something as simple as, reach out to somebody who's different than you. And you know, even if you don't have a passport, the US is a freaking enormous country. Literally state to state, everything looks different. People uh, have different accents. People have minor culture differences, you know, regardless of if it's just like from the food that they eat to like what they think like a, sh like a green tea shot is, you know what I mean? Like things change so much based on where you're at even if you're not far away from home and literally just traveling to uh, the state over might do you some good yeah that's for sure so i guess just bringing it back to the whole freedom of speech topic that we have today it's it's like 
what can we do? You know, like what 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 is it that we do? Because I mean, I was doing some research for this before we started the episode, and on uh, the YouTube video, I just went to the comments, and people were just saying that like Americans are so lucky because they have that, and that in um, England certain places you can't post certain stuff on social media you know against against the government because you can literally get arrested and it's like i don't want to live in that society i don't want that to be my reality but at the same time it's like the reality that i'm in right now is also not great yeah and like i said the freedom of speech is a liberty that is just being abused it's definitely not something that Maybe it should be restricted or confined to like you're able to speak about X, Y, Z, but you cannot speak about like ABC, you know, Um, but being that it is abuse, I feel like some something has to be done. And like I said, this entire time, I feel like it just comes from you know, people trying to educate themselves about different people so that they're not afraid and then teaching your kids kindness, you know, because you are a product of your environment. And if you raise a child to be hateful, guess what? When they grow up, they're going to be hateful if you raise them around that environment. So, you know, it's going to start from our generation and the gen- the younger generations that we have. And I know a lot of older generations are stuck in their ways and we can't really do much about that besides try to educate them on, you know, different cultures and different practices and how it's not offensive and things like that. But it's going to start from the younger generations teaching their kids to be kind to other people that other cultures are beautiful and it's okay traveling like robert said is a fantastic way to expose yourself to different types of people you know you can learn a lot from from being around different people and that's the only way that this is really going to change because i don't want to live in a country where someone's telling me what to say what not to say and especially in terms of the government you know we're talking we've been talking this entire time about you know, black people, white people, other brown people. And, you know, if it goes to the point where we can't say things about our government, that's going to be a fucking problem because look at the fucking president that we have right now who is telling people that they should inject bleach and cleaning supplies into their body to kill coronavirus. And it's like, that's another point that I wanted to talk about because, okay, you can say whatever you want until it creates harm. So President Trump told people that they should inject themselves with like disinfectants to kill the virus and people actually were dumb enough to listen to him and do it and pass away and i'm like how is that okay because okay he said he was just joking and that he didn't mean it yeah but people still went out and did what you said as the president of the united states i feel like you cannot just go out and quote unquote make jokes which i don't think he was joking but make jokes and things like that on you know national tv people are gonna follow you they're gonna do what you say and people lost lives so how is there no repercussions for that yeah i mean i just think that he tried to spin it around and being like i misspoke and that you know i was just saying that we should research that and blah 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 i i did i did a few like some research on that but whenever you do research on trump it's just very hard to like go through it because the people who are trying to support him will support him in any way possible so they're gonna they're gonna find a reason to be like oh well he didn't say that exactly he was just saying that we should research that and we should research away so they spun it to say that he did not say that you should inject yourself with disinfectant. He said that there should be research on that. 
But it's like bullshit, you know? It's totally bullshit because I guarantee you if Obama would have said some shit like that, he would have been dragged through the mud. Like, Trump is never kidding. Everything that he does is what he feels, is what he thinks. And it's only when there's like repercussions from like, okay, someone like literally killed themselves because of it is when they're going to spin it around and be like, oh, well, he didn't mean it that way. Um, he didn't put the kids in the cages. They just ended up there. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I fuck that guy. I don't even want to talk about him. So I guess I was thinking and bringing it back to like the bigger picture for me is like in our country, there has always been a distribution of power that is very prominent. There's always been... Back in the day, it was slavery, you know, white, black, you know, pe people of color under white. So now that I'm really thinking about it and I'm really like trying to find out where the root of all this comes from, to me, it goes back to if say you're playing a video game, you're the you're the you're the king in the video game. You're the one who's making all the decisions. You're calling all the shots. At what point are you like wanting to give the people who are under you the power to be on the same platform as you? Never. There's never a point where the person who in power is like, this is too much power and I don't want it anymore. So when you think about it that way, the people who are in power, government, white people, how, whatever you, whoever those people are that you feel like that is, those people want to remain in power. So that's where the oppression of people in color, of people who aren't like them, gay people, that's where all that comes from is those people enacting the power that they've always had and will remain to have on to other other people they don't want it to change you know if you're on top why the hell would you want the people under you to be on the same level as you yeah and then it's also difficult because you know a lot of these policymakers and people in higher powers they're going to say what they have to say like robert said to keep their position of power you know they have to kind of go with the masses of what people want because you know I hate to say it, but like it is just politics. So if someone's election is coming up and they want to get reelected, they're going to have to say what they have to say in order for people to go along with them. So if you try to bring like a radical view into it, you're getting out of office and then your voice isn't heard. I guess I'm not even talking about them. I'm just talking about like in the bigger picture in general, you know, like I guess I'm talking about because I wanted to I wanted to get down to the people individual. Like, why is this hate like so rooted into people and it's like those people have been taught you are better than that person there are white people who go around who are like you are better than the people around you you are above the people that are around you so it's like whenever you're once you're once you're taught that and that's how you're like that's how you've grown up of course it's easy to be like oh well black people just eat fried chicken and they're this and they're that it's like you really think that you really think that you are better than that person so it's like the fact that black people are even speaking back, you're like, what the hell? I'm so much better than them. Why do they even feel like they have the right to say something back? Yeah, and it's like, even if that's not like the exact thought that they're having, there is something in them that feels that way. You know, they may not think like, oh, I'm better than that person, but they, f you feel it. Yeah. And it's hard because... You know, you can be raised a certain way and then grow up and try to change that. But there's probably always going to be a little part of you that still thinks about it or still feels that way. Because when you're raised around something, that's that becomes who you are. You know, it becomes instilled in you. And so you can try to change it. But there's always that little part of you, like that little like, you know, devil on your shoulder that's whispering in your head about like, you know, black people or feeling like you're better than someone or that you don't need to do X, Y, Z because I'm a white person and no one's going to do anything to tell me no. 
Yeah, and I, and me personally, I try to like take myself out of things sometimes, just because it's like with the amount of passion that I like speak on this topic, I can it can come off that I dislike white people, which is completely not the truth. You know, that's not that's not how I feel at all. It's just that, which is why I I see that happening. I have to re- remove myself sometimes because I don't I don't want to become that. I don't want to become hating a certain group of people. You know stereotyping all of them to have the same type of idea it's just very hard and very difficult when you see something that can be prevented happening all the time it's like it it becomes so difficult to ignore it it becomes difficult to to have those type of people around you without having those those types of conversations that's why any person like you know white person that i do have in my life we have these hard conversations because i'm not going to have you around me in my space in my intimate space and not know how you actually feel about me because you can't hide that stuff when you're having deep conversations it's going to come out and i know how to get it out, out of you you know you you can't hide it yeah and you know just to play devil's advocate so <laughs> we're talking about you know having you know, white people around you and maybe having them think a certain way about you. And it's like, I wonder if because of how we speak, um, our white friends feel the same way. Like when they're around us, are they like, wow, they probably like don't want to hang out with me because I'm white or they probably think I'm going to be racist because I'm white, you know, just to play devil's advocate because I'm like, where? So if I from a white person's standpoint, I'm not a white person, but I can imagine like a white person seeing a black guy and being like, well, I've heard that black guys are like always trying to fight, always trying to steal, always trying to smoke weed. Like, I don't want them around me, you know? And then that's how they see it. So it's like, it's the same thing, but just in a different perspective. And that's why I keep saying it all goes down to like the narrative that's portrayed about white people and about black people about everyone and just the way that they're raised because you can have a white person like we said that's not raised around black people and then they the only narrative that they see of black people is on tv or all of the news stories of course they only talk about the bad ones you know to where people are doing bad shit and then they think like as a whole black people are going to be like this yeah i know from my own personal experience that my friends that are white around me, they can feel sometimes very apprehensive about having these conversations with me just because of how passionate that I speak. Mm-hmm. And I know that sometimes when I speak, it can come off as like, uh, how do I say this? Anger. Like, like or, white hating. Or not, not yeah, white hating. It can, be, it can come off as anger, white hating. It can come off as any of that. But all it is is me speaking from passion. So I know that like, they already from my, from the post that I make from this podcast from everything they know where I stand. So a lot of times, if they feel like it's going to be a difficult conversation, they'll try to steer away from it. But if I notice them doing that, that's when I go ahead at it because it's like, why? Why are we trying to steer away from the difficult the difficult conversations? Those people that you have around you that are you are your friends are the people that you should be having these conversations with. The reason why we're doing this podcast and we're speaking about freedom of speech and all these all this political stuff is not because it's like the most fun thing to talk about. It's because it's something something that needs to be done. And if we don't do it, who's going to? And I want to try to put in my work to try to break this cycle. Because do I think that it will ever be broken? No. Why? Because like I said, the people in power will always want to stay in power. So do I think that 
there are people who want to listen and hear the other viewpoint and hear the other side. Yes, that's great. But at the same time, it's like, do I think that that balance will ever come to a even balance? No, I don't. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've talked a lot about just like the debate between, you know, black people, brown people and white people. And I kind of want to bring the, you know, freedom of speech topic to just a different angle. And I want to talk about when freedom of speech becomes dangerous. So I looked up a story that I think most people will be familiar with. Um, but if you're not, I'll go ahead and tell you about it. So HBO, I already knew about the story before him, but HBO did a great series on this case. It's called I Love You, Now Die. So it was the story of these two teenagers, Michelle Carter and um, Conrad Roy. And she was 17 years old and he was 18 years old at the time that they were dating. And basically Conroy, um, Conrad, sorry, he was a suicidal teenager and he had a lot of problems with depression and suicidal ideations and he had tried to commit suicide a few times and failed uh but then his girlfriend michelle um kind of pushed him to finally commit suicide she was trying to help him gather the supplies tell him where to go trying to help him piece together how basically his suicide was going to happen and so it turned into him deciding to commit suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. He had gotten an engine and he put it inside of his car to where it would create carbon monoxide so he would basically just suffocate. And she was coaxing him throughout the whole thing, saying, oh, you can do it. When are you going to do it? Have you? Are you still alive? This and that while he was doing it. And at one point, he had actually gotten out of the car. He was like getting lightheaded. He had gotten out of the car and decided that he did not want to go through with a suicide. And she told him, no, get back in the car. Finish it. You said you were going to do it. Finish it. And he ended up getting back into the car and dying. And so she went on trial for his murder because there was a whole argument. Well, freedom of speech. I mean, just because someone tells you to jump off of a bridge, are you going to jump off of a bridge? So she actually ended up being sentenced to 15 months in prison. And she was actually just released this past January. But it was difficult watching it because on one hand, I felt like, yeah, six and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me kind of thing. You know, like you can tell someone something all you want, but are you responsible for their actions? I think that with that case, it's super difficult. But at the same time, she knew the person that she was dealing with. So... I knew that, like, you know, once you said you already did the research, but he had tried to commit suicide before without, you know, her co coercion or whatever. So she knew that this, that the individual that she was dealing with is a suicidal person. And just going back to the human aspect of me, if you are in a relationship with somebody and that's your boyfriend, why would you want your boyfriend to commit a suicide? That's just where my, where my mind goes. But at the same time, I'm like, if... At the, at the point where he got out of the car and was like, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, he had decided that what he was doing was wrong. And for her to be like, no, get back in the car. You're going to do that. You're like, like at, that, at that point, your speech physically enacted that action. He physically got back into the car and did it now based off of what you told him to do. And I think that 15 months is not long enough. I think that she should have been punished way harder and i'm like in my mind you put on the final straw that broke the camel's back to kill that individual so if you knew that he was going to do this and you didn't stop him you didn't notify the authorities you didn't do any of that 
to me, that's premeditated murder. Like, you knew that he was going to go through with this. You knew that this is something that he had aspirations to do. And then when he tried not to do it, you even went the next step ahead and talked him into it, doing it even more. So to me, that's murder. Yeah. And see, that was the point of contention when they were in the trial. So everyone was going back and forth. Is this a crime? Is it not a crime? And the reason why she was sentenced and, you know, in trouble for the crime was because when she told him to get back in the car, that was, you know, an act, a criminal act. Because before that, her just trying to help him figure out the supplies and, you know, telling him that he can do it, you know, you know, basically just saying like, yes, you can. You know, that wasn't a crime. As terrible and unethical as that may sound, that wasn't a crime. But yeah, the point to where she told him to get back in the car is when that created harm because that wasn't his own doing at that point. You know, he got out of the car. He wanted to walk away and she, you know, verbally forced him essentially back into the car causing his death. And like you said, the 15 months isn't enough. And she actually didn't even serve her whole sentence. Um, she was in jail from February of last year to January of this year. So she served like 11 months. So definitely shitty. And if I was the parents of that child, I would be, I would be extremely upset and extremely distraught because it's like our justice system is here to like serve justice. But at the same time, it's there's so many situations where things get cloudy and things get like gray. But at the end of the day, it's super important to realize that your words have meaning and that that meaning affects people. I think that that's where the whole freedom of speech thing, I think that's what's missing from it is that, yes, you can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. That's so that's all fucking great. But at the end of the day, your words have meaning. That meaning affects people. That is what needs to be brought together with the freedom of speech you know like there needs to be a revisement or something that includes that because as of right now it's like you being able to say whatever you want is stupid to me and and there's so many it's hard this conversation is hard because it's like i don't want to be censored nobody wants to be censored but at the same time it's words have meaning so it's like where do we go from here you know yeah uh, like we said this entire time there's such a fine line between wanting more censorship because you just don't want hate to be spread, but at the same time realizing that if there is any censorship, that affects every single party and it's going to be a negative outcome because it's just giving the government more control over us. So my final thought on it is that freaking raise your children to be kind people and to realize that differences are beautiful. You know, other cultures are not not dangerous just because they're different from you you know it's not something that you should hate it's something that you should embrace and get to know i guess my final thought would be travel see the world and make sure what you say is what you mean like if if you saying that hateful you know rhetoric and you spewing that is what you mean then fine say what say what you mean but at the same time there are consequences to every action so even though you might not be facing the consequences from the government, there's going to be a certain point in your life where you you will be facing that consequence. You know, like, I feel like those people who shot, you know, Ahmed running, they probably spewed this speech. They probably, you know, had that hateful, that hateful rhetoric and it still got them to the place that they are now. So the consequences might not be, 
you know, immediate, but don't worry, they'll be coming back around. <laughs> and uh, I guess that's the note we're going to end on, Robert. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of RB Podcast. Make sure you go into Apple Podcasts, give us a five star review, and leave us a nice little rating. Tell your friends about us. And if you want to check us out on Instagram, our Instagram is the official underscore RNB. My Instagram is BRVTT. You can check me out at Rob Bates, R O B B A T E S S. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.